Hello and welcome to the White Deer Filmmaking Podcast in association with the White Deer International Film Festival. I'm Alistair Railton, one of the festival directors. Sat alongside me is my friend Adam Sandy, our other festival director. And in the background today we have a new recruit, Kaylee Pickup, who is on The Wire. Still doesn't mean anything. I know, I know. I'm, I'm rolling with it. I'm rolling with it. <laughs> You're going to create a whole new like terminology. I, for the I film know, industry. I know. It will, it, it will grow. It will, it will become the wire. You know? I don't know. Are we, are we going to see like in credits on big films? There's like camera and everything, and then there's on the wire. Maybe that might be where it goes. You never know. <laughs> there are wires, that's, that's as far it. as it goes. That is how we go. <laughs> <laughs> who have we got today? So today we have uh, Thomas Pollock, who was the film director of the film Victories. Now, Victories won the Best Writing category of the November-December season of the White Deer bi-monthly film period. So um, I think without further ado, should we jump in? And, well, uh, do you want to uh, give a quick overview of what the film is about because it's a period piece yeah so it's set in world war one um and and we talk about that throughout the podcast about the challenges that that brings um and this film really did do a good job of world building and uh you, you couldn't help but think that we were in world war one in the film there was no doubt in my mind yep. Uh, yep. whilst watching it, and I think that's a massive uh, achievement yeah, for absolutely. it. Yeah, absolutely. They really put a lot into um, the, the sort of costumes, props, uh, uh, really gave it, even down to like uh, colour grading, they gave it a real feel of the time. Mm. Um, yeah, it was a very moving story in its own right, a very human story, I'd say. So, yeah. Well, just before we get going uh, with Thomas, we need to just mention that there will be uh, a waiver code, a discount code um, that we share at the end of the episode Uh, so hang around for that um, if you'd like 10% off an entry to the film festival Uh, but yeah, let's go to to our interview with Thomas now Welcome Thomas, welcome to the uh, White Deer Filmmaking Podcast lovely to have you here Thanks for having me so, um, so you're here uh, representing the film Victories. So, could you start by just telling us a little bit about how the project started and how you first got involved with the project? Well, a good friend of mine, Andrew McNeil, who has written the film and stars in the film as Otto, he just approached me with a script that he'd been working on for a while about a German soldier being shot down and helping a British soldier. It's just a real crazy kind of scenario. Um, we had written a draft, and with through about 10 drafts. Uh, we tried to take it to a production company first. Um, they turned it down. Things just, just, they just stopped talking to us or whatever. Whatever happened, they just kind of faded away. Um, and eventually we were like, you know, because we really need, it was a big film. It's a big project. So we're like, I don't know if we're right to do this on our own. So that's why we went to the company. But six months later, we just tackled it on our own and ended up, crowdfunding the, and put up a campaign on Indiegogo, we put some of our own money in and then just started to get the ball rolling. Excellent. So have, have previous to this film, had you done anything to a similar scale before? I did. Uh, in the same year, about this time two years ago, I was filming Belfast Calibre 9, which is a crime thriller. 
So I had things like blank firing weapons and all. There was a 22-page script and there was like so many locations. The film's a bit of a nightmare if you ask me, but some of the technical stuff we pulled off was pretty cool. Um, but it was, you know, there was about 35 people on that. And that's a short film. That that was like working on a feature, really. <laughs> yeah. You know. Brilliant. So um, Andrew's original sort of concept for the script, did he say sort of how, uh, um, how he kind of developed the story? What was the inspiration behind it? I think well, he's he's a big history buff, mm-hmm. um, and he's he's currently wanting to write something about the Second World War. So I look forward to seeing that and how we're going to end up doing that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he's he's very he's very invested in history, um, and I think the inspiration came around just the Germans' perspectives, the, the German stories of the First World War. You know, you don't see very much of the of that perspective because when. You, you see films like Downfall, everything's always about the Second World War, but you never you never see many stories about German soldiers in, in the First World War. So we thought it'd be interesting that we, we cover that he covers uh, something in the First World War, and and to, to make it a little bit different, he has picked a story that involves a German pilot with an English girlfriend. So that and that I think and it's not a completely, well, it's not a completely unknown thing. Uh, I think there's someone called the Red Baron. I think that was one of the inspirations. That's why he's known as quite a, a good pilot. You know, when he's asking how many people he shot down, that was one of the inspirations for that. But um, the whole scenario with having an English girlfriend, like that wouldn't have been totally unknown. You know, I'm sure there's a few people that had to just leave and then turns turns out they're basically fighting the country they lived in, which is weird. I mean, that that's kind of... Um, I think that one of the things that really stood out for me in terms of, from a story point of view... Um, was the fact that it, it tells a very human story between, um, you know, once you divide, you take away the flags and the countries that these people represented, the bottom line is you had a German soldier and a British soldier uh, who were just very, they're both human, you know? And I kind of yeah. liked that sort of uh, camaraderie you guys had built into the story, you know? It was it was really, yeah. And that's what, what gripped me personally about the, uh, from a from a writing story point of view, definitely, yeah. Yeah, that was the one thing that I really liked about the script was just that that dialogue. You know, you've got the age difference isn't massive, but he the, this guy the, the German Otto was much older than Benjamin in just mentality, and he's much more full of pride and everything. Whereas Benjamin's a little bit younger, you know, he's a bit more rebellious. So I love that the kind of meet in the middle, you know, because they're not friends at the start, and it is that kind of classic friendship that you see developing. And I and I love stories like that, and like you said, it's a very human story, and that was that's where I come in. That's the kind of stories that I want to tell. Those kind of human-driven dramas, and it does it does come it does come through, and it's thanks to having a good script to work with as well. Yeah. So another thing that we really liked about it was how authentic you made it, and how good it looked. Just uh, we've just come off. Um, making a film that's in the 70s so we're fully aware of of all the challenges that that brought um so so we we just loved how authentic you made it uh can you speak a bit about all the things that went into the authenticity of it costumes and everything yeah i can try and keep things brief uh there's a lot of complications we had one resource um that whole end scene was meant to be set somewhere else it was meant we had Someone had made a short film before and had a trench system and stuff, and they had a big field 
out in the countryside. We were going to use that. Kept in touch. I contacted this guy about two months before I was going to shoot the thing. So lots and lots of prep. But he's also going to, you know, we had a set fee as well. You know, there was a bit of money involved. Had a set fee. Not lots, but, you know, more than, you know, someone would usually give for just doing a short film. But I gave him that. He's going to provide some costumes, bits and pieces of Andrew's costume. Very last minute, he, he dropped out, you know, and I was keeping in touch with him. And then all of a sudden, he's like, oh, I won't be there that day. You just can't use it. And I was like, you tell me it's now. It's like two weeks away. <laughs> and uh, so um, and we were already sourcing stuff from other places. You know, there was there was prop places in Belfast that usually give stuff to BBC and stuff uh, and other production companies. So we used that place. Uh, for all the British Army uniforms, actually managed to get that off one of my uncles who does reenactments, uh, first world war reenactments. So I had five of those. That was brilliant, you know, because we had just real to just cover everybody. Then we went to an army surplus store, bought sandbags and stuff. You can't even see them that much at the end scene, which is quite quite sad. But I did have sandbags. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else? Yeah, the armor surplus store, we just went in and bought loads of boots and stuff. And it turns out we actually spent about the same money we were going to give this other fella. And we went and found a location. Um, I don't know if I want to tell you where it was shot because anger's a mystery to what we've done. It's, it's pretty impressive. But I, yeah. I'll keep it a secret. I'll tell you later, maybe. But <laughs> yeah. I'll keep it a secret. But uh, no, it was a challenge because, like you said, we want to keep it all um, looking the part. So and we went. Uh, I know this we went was was a, a theatre company. That's where we got the suitcase from. Um, so that had to be key. You know, there's no way this is going to be because it's just going to look amateur and uninteresting if every if nothing's if there's just one thing out of place. You know, so that's why we shot. That's why it's shot in the forest. And everything getting the train station was quite difficult. Our shots were very limited. Um, yeah. I had to do some keying at the start of the shot. You know, the wide. I really wanted a wide like that. And it was really hard to get it because there was these big pillars and then there was cars in the background. But uh, we made it work. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, that, that's one of the things that we noticed, just all the things in the background that uh, that wouldn't be period appropriate. And, um, yeah, it's, it, I, I think uh, doing a period film, it really makes you think about set design a load yeah. more and um, probably as much as you should have been doing but uh you can get away with a lot more if it's not set in a particular period kind of thing um so yeah we, but but i think you did a really good job and uh and also um with the forest as well it's uh it, it really does look the part doesn't it, it does absolutely i mean you can imagine these guys kind of being out in those kind of environments and, and mm -hmm. sort of just in a very isolated place. I was going to ask Thomas, um, the uh, the weapons you got, did you say you got that from, was that uh, like a designated prop place or was that from your own call or? You know? um, that's, that's a good question actually. Uh, that was from obviously two different people. Again, that's what I'm saying. There, was, there must have been, like, there's like five different sources yeah, yeah, yeah. for all this stuff. And at the end of it, it was like, who? What goes where? Yeah. Where do we get all this stuff? Because it's all sitting in my house, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, right, where does this go and where does this go? Um, so the guns, so a couple of the, the Enfields came from uh, a guy who does this. Usually he's an armourer and stuff on sets, but he just, you know, he was happy enough to lend it to us for free. I'm glad he trusted us anyway. Um, and then the other one was 
same scenario. It was a guy who just had all these things because he's done reenactments and stuff. And I think the 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 Luger, I the Luger came from the same fella, so that's where we got the the weapons. And the weapons were very important as well. And they were and they worked very well. We've actually used them again in the RIC short uh, that we just done, which is again you know another period thing set in the forest, but this time it's War of Independence period Ireland. You know, but uh, yeah. So we got those. So, is that kind of uh, period pieces? Is that is that a a genre that you like to work in and uh, want to do more work in? I do like it, but I wouldn't say it's something that I want to you know focus on in as a genre. Um, but I do like getting into a period piece. It's it's very fun as well because you get transported. You know, it's real movie magic whenever you invent the whole world. I love that whole world building element. Um, and I also, I love older films as well. And I think that's a reason I do enjoy making those kind of films. So I would definitely like to make more films set in like either the 70s or, or the 30s or the 20s, definitely. I would love to do that in the future. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Do you have um, any other sort of genres you'd like to explore? Like sci-fi or horror or... Sci-fi, yes. Um, sci-fi is one of those ones. I, I could say, oh, I mean, sci-fi, you know, you have to think about big budgets, but there's, I can't remember the name of the filmmaker, but he made a film called Primer, and it was made for like $10,000 or something, and it's actually a sci-fi film, it's actually quite good. Um, uh, crime, uh, I want to work on more crime thrillers. I want to do that, because I love, I love Godfather and stuff, you know, yep. Quentin United Choices, yep. you'll hear from me. Yes. But I'll... I'll I love all those kind of classic gangster films from the 70s. Um, I'd love to get into that. Uh, social realist drama, which is probably my strength, you know, just doing stories about working class people, uh, just proper human dramas. Um, not too fussed on horror, but if a good script comes up, I would want to do, like, because I love, I love 30s horror films and stuff like that, real German expressionist kind of stuff. I'd love to do something mad like that. More like, like the Babadook was really good. I'd love to do something like that, psychological. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's about it. Yeah, I mean, one of the things um, we always sort of love to ask people is, um, kind of, how, what what was your journey to getting into filmmaking, film directing? You know, and and perhaps where do you see yourself in five, ten years' time? You know, the journey you're on. <clears throat> ah, that's a good question. Um, I think. Around the age of 16 or so, I just got really into, well, when I was a wee bit younger, I was into the animation and stuff. And I toyed with that. I watched, I was a big fan of Tim Burton. I'm not as big a fan now, but I do appreciate some of his work. He's kind of went downhill now, like, but um, as an animator, I was very into stop motion and stuff. Then eventually I started to get interested in the uh, fiction films. Um, I watched a lot of old horror films and stuff as well with Vincent Price. Love those. Uh, and then... I've actually started thinking about, you know, making stuff when I was like 16, 17. I did media studies. I made a film during A-level. Then I went to do film at university. Did a year I did a year in America, doing film production uh, in 2015. Just around that time, you know, I, didn't, I wanted to be a director. It's, it's always been I've wanted to focus on directing. Um, but then as a director, you know, in that situation, you end up just learning everything. You, you learn how to direct, you learn how to write, produce, edit. Uh, I was interested in cinematography quite a bit, as a lot of directors usually are. You know, you're very involved with the camera. So 
I was thinking maybe I was going to go down the director cinematographer kind of route, but now I've kind of, you know, now I've out of necessity, I've done directing, producing, and discovered that I'm actually quite good at producing as well. Um, I would still rather have someone else produce my stuff, but for now, I'm a director and a producer. Um, so yeah, no, I've, I've just always been passionate about it. I've never, never had a doubt once about changing careers as challenging as, as it may get, and you know how competitive it is, especially from where I am actually at the minute. You, you know yourselves, Thrones and everything was shot here, but of course, yep. the work, the work's dried up recently, and that's kind of like there's all these ads and stuff. Like, where's the work? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, in five years. Play my cards right. I would love to be working on my first feature film, if not before then. Yeah, I was. Yeah, that's awesome. So, do you have uh, do you have multiple people that you collaborate with for the writing? Then uh, you said about um, Andrew, is his name, who wrote Victories, um, wants to write something else. So, uh, do you have kind of relationships built with a few writers? Yeah, I would say so. I would say Andrew's probably one of the only key ones, really. Um, it's funny because I haven't really written anything, but I have ideas. It just it just so happens the past few years. I've just been working on stuff that has inspired me. I'm not much of a writer, usually, but I've got lots of... I'm just not very good with structure of writing. You know, I just have a lot of ideas and thoughts and scenes. I've just got scenes in my head and I just don't know where to put them. But uh, no, I do. I work a lot with Andrew's writing. His writing is good. Um and we've had stuff turned down and stuff. There's there's scripts sitting all over the place, you know. We applied the RT storylines and stuff like that and got turned down. Yeah, that's just the way it is. The, you know, for every ten ideas you've got, one will get done, <laughs> you know. But uh, I would say he's he's one of the writers I would frequently collaborate with and have done. Um but other than that, I've just kinda done one or two for other people here and there. Yeah. So what about uh any of your other cast and crew are you kind of like building uh well there's already a, a great hub there but uh are you building your kind of go-to team and your go-to people i definitely am there's definitely a, a lot of people that you know the same the same costume people that worked on victories worked on bellas caliber nine and are i'm continuing to work with same with my directors of photography uh, and camera people I bring them on to music videos and stuff as well. It's just, you know, whatever, whoever's appropriate for the job. Um, at the minute, I'm just continuing to network and build. You know, now people are messaging me. I put up a, I put up a casting call and people are approaching me about other departments that are wanting to work on the project because I've seen the, the work. So that's that's great, finally. You know, it's, it's what, that's just what I've been wanting. I can bring people in now to see that the work is, is worthwhile. So the, people are very supportive over here, I have to say. A great network of people here. I'm very, very talented. Uh, we're very modest people, I have to say, in Northern Ireland. You know, there's people that just, they've just done magnificent work, you know, real Hollywood-level work. And it's like, you know, they're just like, ah, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like to, I like to do stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm, I think that's kind of what we found as well around mm. here. It's yeah. uh, a bit uh, of a, well, for us, the East Midlands is kind of fairly uh, an underused mm. area, I think. Um, lots of yeah. people seem to travel away from the East Midlands uh, to to find work, and that whether mm. it's like north to Manchester or to Birmingham um, or to London. But yeah, we there's there are some great people 
working on stuff around Absolutely, here yeah. um and and especially like that's that's one of the things that we like to push forward in the festival as well showing um especially people in our local area that are doing stuff but but we've had films that have come from anywhere and mm. we've seen great stuff that's it uh, it's like you're sort of saying thomas you know it's just it's finding uh the hidden gems that are out there that just didn't quite have the um the budget to get distributed in the right way but there is so much there's so much out there um it's just about uncovering it isn't it yeah so so yeah so i mean what advice uh, Thomas, would you give to anybody who is an aspiring director from your point of view? What would you suggest if they're trying to build a career as a director? What lessons could you and your wisdom could you share with them? Uh, <laughs> um, just give it all you got. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, I don't know. Just yeah. give it all you got. Do yeah. your research. Make sure you know what you're passionate about. Mm. And um, a great quote from David Lynch that I was reading recently from one of his books is don't try to make something that's going to impress uh, a studio or a, or a producer or a big executive make it just make what you want to make mm-hmm. and you know you might not make it right away but just get the story you're passionate about done mm-hmm. yeah the rest will follow yep. brilliant. brilliant yeah that's interesting um so have you got anything lined up soon Yes, uh, I am flat out in March. Uh, three things coming up. I'm working on a film about an ex-Parmeldry having flashbacks to a man he killed in the 70s or 80s um, during a yoga class. So while he's in all the yoga poses and everything, he's, he's, it's mirroring the actions of what he'd done. Uh, there's no dialogue. It's just the voiceover of the, the yoga teacher. So that's really cool. Andrew's written that, and it's brilliant. I can't wait to direct it. It's going to be slow. It's going to be very meditative. Uh, I'm shooting... I'm shooting a music video this month. It's kind of, it's going to be kind of like Mickey Boy and me, actually, uh, but in a music video. And then I am producing Mark's film, uh, Mark Lothar. I've, I've done a few things for him before, and he's helped me on stuff as like assistant director and driving and stuff. And it's a zombie film. But I know, I, I, as as he said he was scripted, I was like, seriously? Uh, but uh, this is about a guy stuck in a wheelchair during a zombie outbreak, you know, if he's stuck in, if he's stuck in the house, so it's all, but it's all set in the house. I thought that was, that's pretty cool actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. So yeah. it's geared up to be pretty exciting. Yeah. So that's, that's what I'm flat out at, at the minute. Brilliant. That's fantastic. So, um, Thomas, if people want to sort of follow you on social media, if the, um, what sort of things would you, uh, put out, you know, Instagram or, uh, Facebook pages, you know, how can we help promote you essentially? Well, have a look on the Frontier Pictures Facebook page and Instagram, Frontier Pictures UK. That's pretty much the two main places that we just throw everything out. But don't go near Twitter. I find Twitter a bit pointless for what we do. But uh, definitely follow us on Instagram. Check out the website, frontierpictures.co.uk. You can find links to all the work on there as well, some of the full films. Um, And then just keep up to date with what we're doing. Fantastic. That was great, great speaking Perfect. to you, Thomas. Okay, so that was a great interview with Thomas. I thought I, I thought he really uh, he really delved deep into he did. what he did to really make it a successful film, um, and what a great guy. Yeah, and 
and, and really looking forward to seeing what he does in yeah, the future. I think he'll he'll go a long way. So that is uh, Thomas Park over in Northern Ireland, Belfast, um, building uh, his his network over on uh, on our uh, cousin island. Yeah, of a bit a bit across the channel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah so. Well, shall uh, shall we give out the code? Now? Absolutely. So. If you want your 10% discount of uh, film waiver entries today um, for the week of the 28th to the 6th of March, the code today is WDPODTP975. Just that code again, WDPODTP975. We look forward to seeing your entries. Uh, Tune in again next week. Um, tune in. Is that is that the way to do it? Yeah, I think tune in on tune your little in. radio yeah, 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 set yeah, yeah, to yeah. the yeah. channel of of your choice of our yeah. podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, what frequency are we at <laughs> this week? Uh, you could probably just find us on uh, on your app. Just That's go it. onto your app. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're probably listening to us now, so you probably know that. Yeah. Um, I'm not really sure why people. Say where you can find it, but uh, we're on the apps um, and uh, and talk to us on social media. Uh, And also, if you if you want to send in a question for us uh, and our guests, feel free to on the Anchor app as well. Um, But yeah, we'll see you next week.